Thought Bubble Audio. Up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, it's my friend, Superman. Frank, how are you today? <laughs> don't. Get confused just because I'm using my Superman koozie today. Don't that? Ah, uh, use the Superman koozie. The Superman koozie. Yeah, that felt appropriate. Look at you. It does feel appropriate. Um, how are you today? I'm doing super, if you will. Good. Oh, I'm feeling. I'm feeling <laughs> super myself, Frank. Glad it's to hear you. it. You're down with the super puns. I think was going to be a long episode anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, Frank, what are you drinking today on this whatever day it is? I am drinking, on whatever day you're listening, I am drinking a Kolsch, a Kolsch-style ale from the Henniker Brewing Company in Henniker, New Hampshire, which I don't know where that is, but um, other than it's in New Hampshire. Uh, but it is a, uh, this is not my first one, but I am opening this one up right now. Uh, it is a delicious Kolsch style ale. Mm, I love it's, a good Kolsch. It's light. It's it's per a, a, a perfect summer beer. Um, it's fantastic, and it's low four point six uh, ABV. Um, so you're not you're not looking at something that's gonna get you get you shwasty faced. But um, but it's quite enjoyable. It's delicious. It's light. It's refreshing. It's crisp. Uh, just just the way. That the old uh, the German monks who invented a Kolsch ale uh, intended. So, there you go. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad to hear it. What about um, you? What you got? Uh, Frank, I am drinking something from the Revival Brewing Company, uh-huh. which is the one close, which is one of the closest brewing companies to me. I am drinking a Hailberry blueberry sour ale. Nice. Um, it, the the pun ship is strong with this one because the bear is like a bear. Hail Barry. Hail Barry. Um, huh. um, blueberry sour ale. And he's wearing a Pat's jersey because, oh, know, because we're in New England. So yes. it says, New England is known for good times and big wins. The sour ale is both blending delicious beer with fresh blueberries for taste that scores. With no shortage of passion, this edition of our Barry Sour Series is a champion. Nice. What I actually love about the can is that you've got some like football plays on it, like mm. circles and X's and stuff, but the circles are blueberries <laughs> down at the bottom. <laughs> love it. Yes, it's good That's stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's not too, too sour for a sour, which is kind of like my sweet spot on sours. I'm like, you don't want to go, you don't want to like, you don't want to have like a, like a sour patch kid right. or something like that where you're like, Ugh. Okay, I got it. It's in the back of my throat. Right. It's in my nose. 
And, it's and, on the table. And, I threw it up. And that's know, why I don't, I typically stay away from sours and, and um, yeah. And, and beers in that, in that style, because it, it, they're often too much for me. I don't like something super sour. I, I like sour patch kids. I like sour candies and, and, and things like that. Uh, but a sour beer, just to drink an entire, you know, farmhouse ale or something that's very, very sour all the way through, it can be too much for me. Yeah. I, um, I like sours more than you, so I mm-hmm. um I understand your um your hesitation. I understand your hesitation on them though. You know, just like just like I, I'm careful with my IPAs yes, when it's I like, like IPAs more super than you dark do. when it says super hops, I'm like, no, that one's not right. for me. Right. You know, and I don't I, need to I go hopping get, anywhere. That's for the bunnies. That's for the bunnies. And I do get kind of bummed out if I go to a brewery and all they have are IPAs. I'm like, oh, I want to. I mean, like, I'm not always in the it, mood for that. I like IPAs, the, but I'm not always in the I, mood for it. But the uh, the American obsession with the IPA yeah. is not helping my beer selection. Because, like, when I go to the store and I'm like, can't wait to try some lagers. Oh, wait, there are none because it's all IPAs. That's trash. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. I want more, like, variety um, in in my beer. That That is yep. absolutely a thing that I'm, I'm 100% with you on. I, I, I enjoy them, um, but I don't think that that should be everything. No. No, it really shouldn't. And I'm sorry that if you listening are the lover of the IPA, there's nothing wrong with that. No. But sometimes I want a Kolsch. I just want variety. Lager, I want the option to have sour, an IPA. Or a stout. Or, right. I want something else. I want the IPA yeah. and something else to choose from. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. Because every so often, a good IPA goes a long way. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You know, but uh, it's, just not my, it's just not to my taste. Yep. However, Frank... Do you know what it is to my taste? Kneeling before IPA? No. Oh. No, I would never do that. I would rather kneel before Zod Frank, which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Hey. We're back with another episode of Superhero Slapback. Slapback, um, baby, slapback. 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 I don't rewind my tapes and I deliver <laughs> them back to Blockbuster without them being rewound. Ooh, like a vil- because I'm evil. Because I'm evil. Actually, that's not true. I was a be kind for wine person. Of course. You know why? One, because it damaged the tape. Oh. Probably not true. A lie that we were told. That's, um, no. But but also, two because I worked at Blockbuster. I was going to say, that feels like number yeah. one is because you worked at Blockbuster. So, yeah, you know the pain. Yeah, I do know the pain. Yeah. I do. I do. I don't know the pain of getting tossed off an icy tundra in in the North Pole, you know, without any superpowers. Don't know what that feels like. I couldn't. I couldn't say. Yeah, but Frank. Anyway, we're back with superhero slapback. Talk about the next installment of in our chronological superhero series, and that is Superman Two. We did Superman last time, and Superman Two because this was the age of. Not a lot of superhero movies. Our chronological order is going to get a little bit more complicated. Yes. The, the closer we get to 2000. Yes. Yes. It yeah. starts really yeah. picking Post up. Post X-Men, it's going to start to be like, Ooh, okay, boy. wait, what kind of, which one came out first? This one was a couple weeks before this one, before this one, before this one, before this one. It's going to be let's a matter of, Super- matter of like days in some cases. Yeah. Let's talk about Superman 2, mostly directed by Dick Donner, the late Dick Donner. Yes. Um, late great. The late and great Dick Donner. Um, I mostly but also not really uh all directed by by him uh most people seem to love superman 2 more than um most people love superman 2 yes. more than the first one yes. um i don't Neither do I. um i think that the first one is 
I wouldn't say far superior, but it's. I think it, it is superior. It's an overall better film, I think. Yeah, the second yep, one is I, a great sequel. It is a great sequel. It is. It is a great. It is a great sequel. It, but it's not necessarily like a standalone. Yeah, you know, it's not a standalone movie, right? In the same way, so. No, and I don't think sequels nearly have to stand alone. But I think people like it more because it actually has some fights in it. Yeah, you know, and you know, like Superman's punching some people on his level, and I think people really dig that. Yep. I do as well. I do too. However, I think the story outside of the fighting is ju- some of it's okay. Uh, it's one of the first ones to do. Let's the thing that people copy, like you know, because it, it's it is we we're, we're we're talking about this movie with the wrong vibe. We're talking about this movie like we don't like it. Well, I I, lo- I like it I love this. I, I, I like this movie, movie a lot. Yeah, I I love it. So let's not go that. Let's not go down that route of complaining about it. Let's not what we're here for. But, um. One of the things that gets copied in this movie that you will see chronologically across so many other movies is um, the hero gives up his powers Mm -hmm. to be with the woman that he loves. Right. And that, you know, we have it here because you can't have your cake and eat it too. apparently Jor-El. Um, right <laughs> what Darrell really doesn't want to tell him is that like you'll smash Lois's pelvis into powder you need to give up your powers insert That's Kevin the only Smith way. quote here exactly yeah. it's the only way this is going to work um so there's a couple of things that I uh, surrounding that that I don't love in terms of the Superman mythos in this film like him giving up his powers for Lois, that's fine. fine. He loves Lois more than he loves being Superman. I'm 100% down I'm for that. I'm on board. That's okay. I don't think that he needs to. Like, I have no. more of a problem of, like, that being a weird status quo that, like, he's got to fulfill, like, that kind of balance thing. That's fine. I don't disagree with his choice, but I do prefer that he doesn't have to do both. What I don't like is that he accidentally reveals his identity to Lois. I actually think that's the biggest, my biggest issue with the film on a whole, more than the, more than the, 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 um, you know, the, the S that takes, or the, the kiss that takes away memories or the cellophane S or any of these like weird little extra things that happen in the film. Sure. Him tripping over because Clark's not really clumsy. Here's the thing. Yeah. Clark's not really clumsy. He pretends to be clumsy. Right. Right. And so him actually tripping over a carpet means that he actually did trip over it. Yes. And he, it, it takes away his authority to reveal his identity to Lois. It also takes away her identity, like her ability to figure it out. Yes. I fully agree with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Richard Lester, who directed this movie in its final form, um, he'd also directed Superman 3. I don't know how great a handle on Superman he has. And I say that with love. I love Richard Lester. Richard Lester directed uh, a couple of my favorite movies of all time. The Beatles movies, in, right? Yes. A Hard Day's yes. Night and Help. He directed. <laughs> he was I didn't a, even need to look that up. You go. I'm so proud of there myself. There you go. You, you get a bell. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he, he, he holds a very special place in my heart, having made two of my favorite movies of all time. Um, in the Beatles movies, but um, but yeah, I, I just he would even admit like he saw it as like oh, it's a comic book movie, so we're gonna you know that's why the whole opening credit sequence of Superman three is all this like sort of slapstick uh thing because that was his view on comic book movies, mm-hmm. and I don't think he had a particular attachment to Superman per se, and so things like that may have escaped him in a well-meaning way, but it may have escaped him to not realize sort of 
it ma- it matters to a lot of fans that like Lois is is invested and bought in to this, right? And and that, and that it's not. Yeah, it. I don't think that was intentional anyway. I guess all, all that to say, it's not intentional. It was an oversight, I think, on his part. And the Richard Donner cut of the movie has a different, a different version of that scene. Um, I actually don't remember what the Donner cut. And the Donner cut. Did in the Donner cut, you have yeah. So so in the in the theatrical cut, it's they're at that hotel, right? And he trips over like mm-hmm. the bearskin rug. Correct. Um, but um, in in the Donner cut, there's actually it's like there's an extended version, and actually I think it's from. I think it's actually from like a screen test. Um, oh yes, the the bullet. The, um, yes, the the fa- the um, uh, what do you call it? The blanks, blanks the blank in the gun. Where she she like, Lois, what are you doing? She calls his bluff, yeah. and she mm-hmm. and she uh, takes a shot at him, and and so he admits, okay, yeah, I'm Superman. And then she's like, ah, it was blanks, um, which is more of like a. It's still silly because like he would have known, but like it's there is still the aspect of Lois figured it out and like. Use Correct. her brain, her investigative uh, reporter brain, to get it out of him. Doesn't the Donner cut also have a bit where she like puts glasses on the Superman photo on the Daily Planet newspaper? Oh, she draws them. Mm-hmm. Yes, because like part like a, like a subplot of that movie is her like trying actively to... no, she's actively trying to get Clark to admit that he's Superman. Right. She's trying to prove right. it. Right, it's not it's not just like uh, oh, isn't that interesting? She... They look alike, or it's like it's, that's her part of her mission yes. is to do this thing, yeah, right? which is more in character for her admittedly. Um, it is. Yeah. But, but um, great things about, about this movie, like Terrence stamp is iconic. Absolutely I I- iconic in this movie. Um, and the way that Christopher Reeve stands up to him is so earnest. And so like, I will protect my home. This is my home. And I will pro- planet Houston is my home and I will protect it. Um, it's it's that is like beautifully done and beautifully like understands who the character is supposed to be. Right. And what he stands for. Yeah. And actually, even the, the some of the there's some campier stuff, but even like um, when they're all fighting on the streets of Metropolis and there's like the the bus and the Coca-Cola sign and all that stuff. And and Superman yells out, no, the people, the people. which is arguably really campy and yeah. it's like what you would say nobody would really yell that but however it actually does get across exactly yeah. what this guy is about and right. what he's doing and and what i think a lot of a lot of future a lot of future superman material actually completely misses the point on and i'm not just pointing at the dceu i'm actually pointing to things even like smallville yeah and I would agree. like yeah cuz it's very self-driven a lot of those things who am i what do i need to do yes what is it and like and it's all that stuff but superman too he's like a fully formed person right and it's all about not what i need to do for like what i need to do it's about those people over there yeah they need me that's it yeah that's it like he is here to protect them they are great people kal they wish to be they just like to show them the way right like he is being the light to show them the way and he wants to protect them from harm um that's a great point yeah smallville is very much about the self and about like his journey to getting to be this this version and here we see the fully realized like he is not his first adventure it's not the origin story anymore um and and it's he is here to be a protector of the oppressed. Correct. Well, even I think even like early, early Smallville, 
like you get these like it's about saving his friends yeah right? or yeah. his family it's not really just about saving anybody that needs it you know um and so not that that's just the way that's written though it's not like he's like ignoring yeah, people yeah, that it's need a help he's, you know he's a 14 year old kid when it starts and then by the end when he's a grown 24 year old man unquote, he's 14 yeah right, yeah exactly i've been i've been watching smallville with mary every so my oh, wife nice. every so often like because i'll have it on because your show is making me want to watch it so like every nice. couple of days I, I watch a new episode and i'll be like how old do you think he is yeah how old do you think they are <laughs> it's how old do you think they're supposed to be it's been it's been fun and time yeah the only one that's really like wow that actually probably could be his age is michael rosenbaum oh yeah where you're like he's yeah. supposed to be like 21 22 23 somewhere in there and she's like yeah i could see it's it like he's it. probably he's not but you can pretend you can buy it yeah 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 it's um but it's true he's he is this is a maybe the one of yeah maybe the best example of superman being for the people because even superman the movie he's saving lois you know it's between am i saving lois or am i saving miss tess mom um, Correct. And yeah. And, 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 and right. Yeah. That's a That's a great point. I mean, it's also also all those other people mm-hmm, in those mm-hmm. towns. But, but it's motivated. It is. It's motivated by one person, one person. And I mean, like the Superman, the movie, he like goes and saves a, a bunch of people on his first sure. night out and blah, blah, blah. And Batman v Superman, there's like segment sequences of him, like saving the boat and saving the people on fire. And it's like saving all that and all that stuff. But the the through line of the movie is how are these people treating me yeah. and how do I feel about it and my feelings and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. And truthfully, this movie isn't really ever about Clark's feelings. It's and when it is, it, he suffers for it. And I think that's because, like, the whole point of giving up the powers is this is the selfish motivation. Yeah. Like, and you know, quote unquote selfish. Like, you know, he's trying to like be a you know, he's trying to have a, a life. You know, like poor guy. You know, but right. but you know, that's when it ends up hurting, and he goes back because of the people. Right. He realizes He's there that to it's, help. He th- his purpose is something bigger than himself. His purpose for being here. Jorel sent him. Jorel and Lara sent him here for some a purpose bigger than himself. And every time that he, yes, when he when he tries to have a relationship with Lois, which yes, to your point, is not an unreasonable thing to want. Everybody wants to be happy. Um, but but when he he realizes that he has to put his own needs second to the greater. The greater good. I do like that. The greater good. The greater good. I, Sorry. I do like Sorry. that more modern, you know, Lois and Clark and now Superman and Lois and and, and what's happening in the comics in, in recent years. They have, in my recent years, I mean, the last like three decades, they have found a way to have the balance where he can, he can be with Lois and still, you know, be be a protector of the people um they've mm-hmm. they've found a way to tell that story but for a long time it was just sort of like that's never going to happen you know at that point in time superman had been around for 50 years uh for 40 years not even 50 years and um and there was just no real storyline in which superman and lois got together stayed together for for the long term that didn't really happen until the 90s um so that was he at that time framing this in 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 the you know 1980 time and place that we're at this is the same year empire strikes back comes out um that was this was the most you were going to get of a a superman and lois relationship at at that at that point that Mm -hmm. and like the silly silver age comics where it's like they're together for one issue but but it turns out to be an alternate reality where mixes bitalik is making it all happen or something you know like this was the most you got of a superman and lois real relationship and he had to give it up 
to to be able to to you know save the planet yep and i um let's talk about let's say speaking of saving the planet let's talk about you know we said zod you know terran stamp is iconic you know like you don't there's a reason neil before zod it is just it's everywhere and like sometimes in superman stuff they like try to avoid it or they'll like go around saying it where they'll just say neil or they'll just do this or they'll like they'll get like somewhere in there but it's still a neil before zod no matter how you cut it yeah. it's like great power great responsibility right it, yes it's like you can it's- cut around saying it all you want mcu but you know that one day you're gonna have to say it and somewhere mm-hmm. in there because mm-hmm. that's the whole that's the whole point yeah. um you know, and that's that's honestly, truly, honestly, that's kind of the the thesis of Superman too. Great power, great with great power comes great responsibility. It truly is, and that's the you know that's and that's why Spider Man two copies this formula of you know he doesn't really give up his power so much as lose them because of self doubt. But it's kind of the same motivating factor. It's Mary Jane. It's Lois Lane. You know, so um, and it, we see it, we see it you know more times besides yeah, yeah. besides this um. I was gonna. I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, um. So, but Zod. I just. I think there. There's the three of them. The three Kryptonians. There's like just enough level of menace and camp inside the movie at the same time. But there's like there's an actual zaniness, or I don't say zaniness, but like an um unbalanced nature to to, um to. Um, I would say Terrence Malick's Zod, <laughs> Terrence Stamps, Terrence Stamp. Stamp Zod. Like there's like he he's not quite right in the head, and you can see it in his eyes. No matter how much he tries to yeah. hide it, it's actually a pretty layered performance for how over the top the movie actually is. Um, he's on, and I also yeah it d- d- definitely um and i don't know if it's the best version of Zod's character. I think I, honestly, I think um. Um. Uh. The uh, Man of Steel is a is a is a is a great song. Yeah. I. I yeah. I do think Michael Shannon. Uh. Is a fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Zod. He's layered. He's powerful. Yeah. You sympathize in a weird way, but not too much because he's also unhinged. Um, y- yes. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. This is this is great stuff there. Um. Lex Luthor comes back. Yeah. You know, I don't love that. Even as a kid, Otis was one of my favorite bits of Superman. And I, I would, I am still bummed that Warren Beatty, the late Warren Beatty is also not mm, Ned Beatty, not Ned Warren Beatty. Beatty. Wrong Beatty. I was like, Warren Beatty is Bugsy. That's not <laughs> right. Yeah. Dick Tracy. Ned. Um, no, and Ned Beatty, the late Ned Beatty is, um, not in it very much right uh and that that's kind of a bummer i do however love the their like projection equipment like that they're playing chess in their cell yeah like lex Luthor, greatest criminal mind of our time is just chilling in regular minimum security yes. prison like <laughs> like like why is that man not like deep in the cellar somewhere he had two not one two nuclear warheads that like and also but how do you like if superman reverse time like how does how do you prove that lex did any of those things because they never happened very wibbly wobbly timey wimey um it is it if also, lex waited a little bit longer he would have realized that his amendment rights were actually taken from that's him true. And he would have just been released regularly that's true maybe not the greatest criminal mind of our time after all and also mm. it's worth mentioning at this juncture 
that um, Superman one and two were meant to be one movie. They sure were, Frank. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Salkinds, uh, Alexander and Ilya Salkind, brother, uh, not brother, not brothers, father and son duo, who produced um, Superman the movie, tried to pull a fast one on the casting crew of the movie by trying to pay them all for one movie, knowing full well that they had enough material to make two. And so their hope was... We will shoot all of this, and then we will just say, oopsie, there's too much for one movie. We're going to you know, cut it into two. Um, that was what they were hoping to do, and they kept it a secret from everybody, and they got caught. Um, and I think they got fined by the Producers Guild, um, and and since then there have been things put in place by the Guild to make sure that that, that can't happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got real close to doing it. So that's why we say that Dick Donner directed most of Superman 2, because a lot of Superman 2 was shot with Superman one and then Dick Lester was brought in and shot more um, and, and directed and made the final cut that we now call Superman, Superman two, the, the, the theatrical cut. But that's where the, the Richard Donner cut comes from is that he had shot so much of it. He picked up footage that, um, that got cut. He picked up some of the footage that was like uh, from screen tests and things and recut this, this version in like 2005 or six. That's now called the Donner cut. Um, anyway, so the Lex Luthor stuff, that the logic of that might be because it was supposed to have been in the same movie. Um, and maybe there would have been a better yeah. explanation for that. Yeah. That, that actually does make, uh, that does make a lot of sense. I always assumed that the, I, that you, you gave me new information because I had always heard, read, thought of whatever that, um, that they were, they were trying to get two movies, but they pretended it was only one movie. Yes. Not that they were actually, it was, okay. Okay. Yeah, they pretended it was maybe. one. They pretended it was okay. one and they were going to, they were going to then be like, Oh, we have so much material. Guess okay. We're no, make two right, right, so yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. So, but then, so like when you say like it was supposed to be one movie, that's not necessarily. No, it was not supposed true. to be a movie. They shot it. Oh, okay. As one. They shot it all together. Okay. All and right. They were sorry. Lying to everybody to try to cheat. That's what I thought. Okay. Then I movie. had heard the right thing. Okay. It just, it, the way that you had just said like, sorry. it was supposed to be one movie. Like it just made it sound like I just made everything you just set up. Okay. I'm back on board. Yeah. Um, they were just trying to pay everyone for one movie instead of two. Gotcha. Well, that's cheap. They, you know, were, whatever. they were not nice people. <laughs> no, they apparently were not, nice. not. Hilarious that they're making this movie about one of the nicest people I, in I like in pop culture. Honestly, you know, it's Superman. a miracle that these movies one and two are as good as they are because it, they were a total cash grab. The way these guys wanted, the producers wanted to make them, they were a complete cash grab. They were just like, and we I, can get the rights to that character. Hell yeah, we'll make a movie about that. With yep. no, it's, it's, we're lucky that Tom Mankiewicz and, and, um, and Mario Puzo, Mario Puzo and Richard Donner were involved because that is mm. why these movies are what they are. And, you know, I, again, that also comes down to the continued lovely, lovely earnestness of Chris Reeve. Yes. Right. You know, like he's just, he just gives it like, and, you know, even, th- even in three and four, which we'll get to. Unfortunately, it, it never, he never lets up, though. You're right. As much as those movies are not are great, but like he never lets up in his earnestness in his love for the character. Um, he feels it to such a like to his core. That man loved this character, you know, like really, mm-hmm. really loved this character to his dying day, literally to yep. his dying day. Um, it, It's like palpable. I've never seen anything else like it. An actor who connected so deeply and so profoundly with their character like for life 
Never, yeah, ever. Tr- I don't know that I've ever Truthfully, seen that. the only other example I can think of that even comes close is the guy who played Jesus in Jesus of Nazareth, Zeffirelli's mm-hmm. Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. because he, when he stopped, when they stopped filming, he was like, I had a very profound experience and I'm going to go be a Jesuit. I didn't like, know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He became a priest after That's playing Jesus. really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know and that. I, I don't know if he was even practicing, like if he was a practicing re- like religious anything religious when, yeah. he, when he was cast, but I just know that he it was like such a profound experience for him that he was like, I'm going to go be a priest, see ya. Wow. Which is, that's that's as close a proximity as I can get to Chris Sleeve's love of a character that he played. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's commitment so, for sure. Yeah. It is commitment. It is commitment either way. So... Um, I'm sure there's more things that we would love to say about Superman 2. It is such a fun movie. Um, you know, the orange juice stuff is great. Yes. I love Lois throwing herself. I actually love Lois throwing herself over Niagara Falls to be saved. Um, like stuff like that. Like I in this, there's a heightened Clark in this where he's like, Lois, Lois. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I also love just the little bit of Superman giving into feeling good for himself and going back and beating that guy up with superpowers. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah I have mixed feelings about that. But yes, there are. Yeah, there is a certain satisfaction you get, you get from it for sure. There's a, for there's sure. a tiny bit. If he's like, if I can't be with Lois, I'm at least going to have this guy's nose blood. Right. And maybe that's not the most Superman thing to do in the world. But you know what? There's still, there's still room for growth. Everyone has. Exactly. Them, right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Frank, where can the people find us? Well, you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com. Um, you can uh, rate and review us or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Overcast or Stitcher or Spotify or Google Podcasts or Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you will find Beer with Geeks. You will find all the Thought Bubble audio shows are all available in every podcast directory. Um, you can also hop on over to thoughtbubbleaudio.com um, if that's more your, your style and, uh, and find the links to subscribe there. Um, ratings and reviews mean a ton, especially on Apple podcasts, uh, because you know what little, little known secret, you know, a lot of apps like overcast and pocket casts and, and Castro and lo- lots of great podcast apps actually use Apple podcasts as their back end. So if you rate and review a show on Apple podcasts, you're actually helping it get better discovered in those other apps as well. Little known fact. So, um, Apple podcast reviews are great ra- ratings and reviews. Um, you can support us. With a rating or review, or you can support us uh, with your hard-earned cash over at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. Um, if you want to throw us a dollar a month or so uh, to help us do all these shows, cover all the costs of, of servers and all of that. Um, and uh, finally, you can give us feedback on the show on Twitter at Beer with Geeks, or uh, you can email us at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. And uh, that's that's about the long and the short of it, Tim. Well, all right. Well done. Well done, Frank. That was actually remarkably um, well said and true. Please, please rate and review us. I did not know about that little thing. I didn't know that like Overcast and stuff yeah, relied use, on iTunes scores. They use the iTunes yeah. uh, directory. So <sighs> That's cheap. <laughs> it's, the, it's the biggest directory out there. Why not? You know? Right. I know. I know. It's just like, but what if you don't have an iPhone? Then like you, then your review means where does it go? Nothing. It, it's nothing. It, to our hearts. I guess that's true. Well, into your heart and mind, Frank, it's always a a pleasure talking to you. So until next time, cheers. cheers.